0: Bill's Live, presented by Kaleida Health.
1: How the heck are you on a beautiful sunsplash Wednesday here in Western New York? Chris Brown, Steve Tasker, with you here on One Bills Live. As the players are back on the practice field, we will uh, let you know who is and who is not participating. Uh, and there, you know, there are people on the injury list this week. Last week, Bills pretty clean on the injury report. This week couple of names, and we'll pass those along here in short order. Head coach Sean McDermott um, spoke to the media about an hour ago, and uh, we'll we'll relay some of his comments to you. But we've got a jam-packed show today, Steve. In about 30 minutes' time, we'll have the Hall of Famer Thurman Thomas in here talking bills with us. I am interested to see what he thinks about the high-efficiency model we saw on offense this past week, especially with some downhill run game. Got to imagine he's happy to see that. Yeah. And uh, second hour of the show, we expect to have one Connor McGovern here in studio with us. Starting left guard for the Bills and off to a relatively good start. O-line had a good week last week for sure. So look forward to getting his thoughts on last week's game and what lies ahead with respect to that first-round pick defensive line across
0: the yeah. board. Montez Sweat is off to a fast start this season. Yeah, He's got three sacks already yeah, in two games. If, if you're wondering what's going on with this, and Brownie and I have been talking about it into last, last week right after the game and then right before the game against the Raiders and then this week as well, um, they were tied for eighth last year. They gave up 20.6 points per game. Total average yards allowed. They were just over three and 304 um, passing yards a game allowed 191. Um, they were first ranked first in the league in third down percentage allowed converted by their opponents. 31%, less than a third of the time you get a first down on third down and they had 53 sacks last year which was tied for seventh. They're top 10 in all of those stats, second in total yards per game, first in opponents, third down percentage. So they're tough to move the football against, particularly on crucial downs like third down. So it's going to be the best third down offense in the league against the best third down defense in the league from a year ago this week against Washington and Buffalo. Yeah. And so
1: <laughs> that same high-efficiency model could very well be in order so Josh isn't under duress because yeah. the the front four coming at them this
0: week is a whole lot different than the front four last week. Yeah, you don't want to get third and 12, third and, even third and eight. You know, you got to get it third and five or more less. So you get a guy you can you can complete a pass and have the guy fall forward for the first down. I mean, that's how this. You got to stay on schedule. You're not going to get very many third and seven pluses. So or convert many of them. I I agree with you, Brownie. You got to stay ahead of the chains on this crew. Yeah, I I I think it's going to be hard to run the football on them. Uh, it's obviously hard to throw it. Mm, they get a lot of sacks. Goodness, great! They're they're a handful. They're a handful. They, they are really handful. are. And I'll say this: we've been watching. We've been talking back and forth, Brandon and I. Go. <laughs> Sam Howell is a dude. He's got an arm. He's got an arm. And he's not a very big dude, but he's got an arm. And man, oh man, he is unafraid. Yeah, unafraid. I'm he telling you
1: right it. now, if he was not six foot two, he would have been a second round pick. Instead, he's yeah. a fifth round pick. Yeah, but I mean, he would—he's six-two, so he's a little short in stature, but he's got an arm,
0: man. He's got yeah. an arm. He's got a live arm. He can put it anywhere. And he's made—he made, he made some—he made one throw. You showed it to you. Say you showed it to me. I, I did. I—I I saw it later for my own and brought it to Brownie's attention. Then he took credit for it. So how <laughs> throws credit? And, I was just uh, like, you—you're <laughs> showing me a play I just showed you the other day. He's throwing it down the field, and he is on the money uh, for some really long throws, and looks good doing it. Uh, decisive ball coming out on time. Um, here we're seeing, we're watching the studio now. Is he, you know, athletic enough? Runs the football well. Uh, I thought that I thought the Redskins and Ron Rivera and their coaching staff, Commanders Eric Bienem, what's that? <laughs> commanders, the Commanders. What did I say? Red, did I call them the Redskins? Gosh, I'm sorry. I apologize. One in the fine jar. I'm sorry. So I I, th- I thought Eric Bienem and Ron Rivera were finger quotes settling. For Sam Howell. Hmm. Not so much. They saw something we didn't yet. Yeah. Well, they knew about something they we didn't knew know yet. Right. And. Right. So that's, you know, that's why they're 2-0. I mean, it really is. That's why they're 2-0. The defense we're talking about and defense Sam Defense did give up 33 points last week. I mean, let's not forget that. They can be had. Well, they're going to need to be.
1: Yeah. Uh, practice updates presented by LECOM. Lake Erie College of Osteopathic Medicine, not practicing today. Micah Hyde with a hamstring injury sustained in last week's game. Leonard Floyd, who's got an ankle ailment, saw him on the stationary bike. And Dawson Knox with a back ailment. Terrell Bernard is limited today with a lower leg injury. And Jordan Phillips missing practice today due to illness. So a handful of players nicked up here, and we'll have to see how they make it through the course of the week Um, because it's only Wednesday. I mean, there's time for some of these guys to get back on the practice field in a full capacity. So we'll see. And, you know, we saw Micah leave the game late last week. Same thing with Floyd. Neither of them returned. There was no need for them to because the game was already largely decided. So, fortunately, they didn't need to continue to be in the game. And I even saw Tyrell Dodson finish up in place of Terrell Bernard last week at the middle linebacker spot. So, we'll keep an eye on that. We'll see what's on Washington's injury report later this afternoon to see how their roster is looking. Chase Young back in the lineup, one and a half sacks already. He was obviously their top pick back in 2015, was it I want to say? 2016? No, it's not that long ago. No, he's not that old. I think he's only in his third season. So what would that be? 2020? 2020? Yeah, I think he was a tw- 2020. I don't know. I'm gonna look right now. All right, look at him. 2020 this, draft. Yeah. yeah. So it's his yeah, fourth. I thought th- he was young, but 20, he's 2021. 20. Yeah, it's he's his been out season. for a minute though. Yeah, he missed missed an entire year with the knee injury and all that. So, but he's been in the league for a minute here and. He's all systems go now and that guy is he's US prime grade
0: A stamp guaranteed. Yeah. Yeah, he looks he looks the part too, you know, like a lot of these guys do. And that's you know, we've said it time and again, you talk about it all the time. When you go in the first round of the NFL draft, it shows. It shows in your athleticism and your stature and all of that stuff. I mean they just they just show up. Right. What did you take away from
1: coach McDermott's comments when he addressed the media today I we saw you know he was commenting on his relationship with Ron Rivera obviously having worked under him for a period of years in Carolina as the defensive coordinator when Rivera was head coach. McDermott's also coaching in his 100th game as that's head right. coach on Sunday uh, for the bills so that's kind of a cool deal said he was grateful for having the opportunity as long as he's had, along with all the people that helped him along the way. So good on coach for that. Because not everybody lasts
0: 100 games in this league, as we know. It's it's a hard league to do that in. And, uh, you know, you kind of think, you kind of hope, he coaches another 150 of them, too, here. Yeah, But, um, yeah, that's – kudos to him. Um, This place has been markedly different since the day he walked in the door. And you and you and I were here pre, and now we're here post, and yeah, I mean it's like wow. This, okay, I like this. This this is better. Yeah, <laughs> you know <laughs> it's just way better, and and on every res- in every respect, yep. in every respect.
1: Coach was naturally asked a lot of questions about Josh Allen and his performance in last week's game, and. He said that Josh did some of the spectacular things that we are used to seeing from him, most notably the fourth down conversion in the end zone to Gabe Davis. That's a spectacular play. So is the touchdown pass to Khalil Shakir. It's only about two quarterbacks in the league that can make that throw under that duress in that moment. He and probably Patrick Mahomes. But then he said the rest of his game was solid, and that is winning football. Didn't turn the ball over. Completion percentage high, didn't take too many unnecessary risks, and the team runs away from their opponent. And so he said that is a game that we want to put on the shelf and reference every once in a while when we need reminders about how we play the quarterback position in this league because you're going to win a ton of games playing that way.
0: Yeah, and I'll say this too. Think about it. He had two touchdown passes. And they they hung 38 points on that team. That's a that's a really we had good day. Three touchdown passes, three touchdown passes, two touchdown. Knox rushing. Davis Shakir. Okay, and they hung 38 points on that team. And Josh, we just found out, is offensive rookie of the offensive player of the week.
2: Yeah, for, for the, the AFC. AFC.
0: That's a pretty good week. So yeah, bottle that up and remember it. Now certainly. We've, we've referenced this too. It's not going to be as easy to play like, even if you have that same game plan and that same thought process and all that. Washington's a better defense this week. So you may not hang 38 on him, but you might. You know, Denver put
1: 33 on him. Uh, for Josh Allen, by the way, his AFC Player of the Week, Offensive Player of the Week award is the 11th of his career. That now puts him past Jim Kelly for most player of the week award honors in a playing career for the Bills. So he's now the most decorated player of the week honoree in team history. Jim had 10 and now Josh has 11. Not surprised the top two are quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. So good on him. Congrats to him. Had a heck of a performance last week. You hope it continues. And uh, like I said, I think this high efficiency model is going to have to continue if uh, they want to have some success against what I consider a more talented, significantly more talented defensive front than the one they saw last week. I would, I would argue that Washington's front four is closer to that of the Jets than it is to that of the Raiders. May not be right. an equal, but it's pretty dang close. And I, I had totally forgotten about this. Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne were teammates in college as well at Alabama before they got on the same team in Washington. It's pretty remarkable. They got drafted in the first round in back-to-back years by Washington. And Deron Payne got paid this offseason. Four years, $90 million. He was one of the first defensive tackles to get his bag of money right. this offseason. The offseason of the defensive tackle.
0: There's a lot of them. All, and I, it's interesting, too. We've, we've mentioned it, and I think well, last week, and it's only been two weeks, but the first two weeks of the season, we, we noticed it during training camp, talked about it on the show. And certainly it showed up in the game against Vegas Ed Oliver was invigorated by his contract. you see we've talked about we've seen it here in Buffalo where guys take it out of gear Ed Oliver seems to turn had turned it up a notch uh-huh. when he got and some guys that respond to that they you know they feel empowered by that where the, the club showed a, a, that amount of faith in them and they feel better about themselves and I'll tell you what Ed's playing great he's playing off his rocker so that is something that you got to give kudos to Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott for because they don't do that to everybody there have been guys here that have gone the other way and man oh man he was Ed Ed Oliver seems to be one of those guys in the year of the defensive tackle in this last offseason the Bills seem to have made the right move
1: yeah in the year of the defensive tackle and I think they're gonna. I think we're gonna find that that contract for Ed is gonna be pretty team friendly over the next few years. When some of those other ones that got signed for upwards of ninety million are mm-hmm. gonna be tough to navigate and work around. They're probably gonna. Some of those are probably gonna have to be restructured. Whether it's Deron Payne, Dexter Lawrence, um, bunch of those. They were fat. Some fat contracts. Quinn and Williams. Of some fat contracts getting handed out. Uh, let's go around the NFL, brought to you by Kaleida Health, the official healthcare system of the Buffalo Bills. And we begin in the AFC North, Steve, where the Browns are trying to sort out a running back situation that will no longer have Nick Chubb officially out for the season. Yeah. They're saying he might need two knee surgeries, an Oof. initial surgery and then a second one sometime later. You feel for the guy for sure. Jerome Ford was his backup on the roster, but they worked out former Browns running back Kareem Hunt yesterday, signed him to a one-year contract today. So there is your depth player
0: to go along with Jerome Ford, I with think Chubb pretty much done for the season. I don't think there's any question Jerome Ford's going to be the guy, at least out of the gate, that's going to stay there and be the running back one. And I think one of the reasons you go back to a guy like Kareem Hunt, if you're the Browns is first of all knowledge. I mean, the guy was there, and they—he's a known commodity, and we've seen it almost universally in football. Not only at, not only in the at the player level, but also the coaching level. And when you see player coaches move teams; they'll bring guys with they—they coaches love guys they can trust or guys that are known commodities. When, even if it's a lesser high end than this guy over here. You don't know if this guy is the right guy. They'll take the known commodity over an unknown even if the other unknown has a bigger upside a lot of times, particularly in season now because they need somebody. They got to win games. And that's that is so on point for the NFL. Is having they bring a guy in they know, bring him in, sign him, let's go. slower acclimation process, all of that. Locker room, not known commodity, everything. Down in
1: Carolina, the Panthers do not have their starting quarterback out on the practice field. Bryce Young did not practice today because of an ankle injury. The team also signed quarterback Jake Luton to their practice squad. So Andy Dalton is Bryce Young's backup. But, Steve, what did we say around draft time about Bryce Young? Do you remember? He's a little
0: small. He's on the small, small side as far as stature uh, I'm, and no, I'm weight. not talking about height. I'm talking he's little. Yeah. I mean, you look at even a shorter guy who's like, like Kyler Murray. He's built like a fire plug. You know, he's thick. Bryce Young is frail. He looks frail. I don't think he's more than
1: five pounds heavier than me. He is frail-looking. Yeah, he's got a slender frame, not a lot of musculature to his body. And Steve and I talked about it. It doesn't matter how fast he reads defenses. At some point, there's going to be a 3rd-and-12 or a 3rd-and-22 or a 3rd-and-17, and and he's going to have to hang in there and wait. And he's going to get whacked. And Um, he apparently got whacked by the Saints last week, and now he's – I think that's a pretty interesting sign. They already signed a third quarterback to the practice squad, which is a very strong indication like, hey, we better get somebody up and ready here on a short week with six days before our next game, especially if Young is iffy. I mean, Dalton would start, obviously, but you're going to need a second guy if Young is out of the equation. Right. But this is what we talked about, Steve. Small stature, slender-framed quarterback –
0: is he going to be able to hold up in this league? I mean, he makes Tua look big. and Yes. And I. it's not so much that he can't stand it, get through a game, but it's a grind. I mean, it's a grind. Some guys struggle to keep weight on during the season. You always have to, you got guys that you got to try and work out and maintain your strength conditioning during the season. It's physically taxing, even if you're not injured. And then once you get injured, then you're rehab, and then you can't maintain your strength conditioning because you're rehabbing whatever, whatever. You know, you're trying to get well. It's a – man, oh, man. It's a grind. That's what, that's what makes guys retire, man. It's the grind. It's not the physical punishment. It's the grind.
1: Yeah. Uh, in the latest episode of As the World Turns in Chicago, Bears quarterback Justin Fields has come under fire for not being able to see wide-open receivers and releasing the football. So he was asked about it in his press conference today, Steve, and acknowledged that he has been playing a little bit too robotic. Then he apparently followed up when asked, why do you believe you are playing so robotic? His answer was coaching. Not a good day to be offensive coordinator Luke Getze in Chicago, as the franchise quarterback has basically said, I am now playing too robotic Because of my coaching,
0: have fun with that, Shy Town. Oh boy. Oh boy. Yeah, he said. Yeah, he just too much information. That kind. I mean, this is.
1: Yeah, this is that is not good. Not good.
0: Yeah, that's. That's rough, and I'll say this too: if they're giving him too much information to, to go out there and play free, that's on him. That's on him. It's not on the coaches. It's their job. They're doing what they're supposed yeah. to do. Now they could if and if he's asking them to simplify stuff, if he's having doing all that, then they got another problem. They got a different set of problems. So this is not good. It is not good.
1: And it gets worse. You want to know why? Cuz his left tackle Braxton Jones is out for the season with a neck injury. That yeah. was also announced today. Yeah. So it's gone from bad to worse, and we're not even out of
0: September yet. Well, I mean, it's, yeah. For I the mean, Chicago they're Bears. They're two weeks in, and they're... A tire the, fire. A, yes. Somebody threw a match on a gasoline fire. I mean, it's... What are they... <laughs> Say it. What are they doing? <laughs> I told you. There's a... Chargers are going to charge. Charger Chargers are going to go charging. The Bears are going to fold up. The Detroit Lions are a myth. <laughs> I'm, the Arizona Cardinals are exactly where everybody expects them to be virtually every single year they're just a group of teams like that and it used to be Cincinnati was in that correct and, and by the way the Cincinnati Bengals who put their star quarterback who they just paid because they're paying him they need him to play now he's out
1: well they don't know it's a little up in the air. They, apparently, he's, Joe Burrow said his calf has felt better the last two days than it did right after the game on Sunday. Mm. And so now his status is up in the air a bit after initially it was thought, wow, it's going to be hard for him to come back and play this week. So wait, wait. We, we shall so, see.
0: Let's just say what we know about the human body and what we've seen through your – so you got this guy who popped his calf first day at training camp. Didn't do anything in training camp because he couldn't even walk. Right. So then they bring him back. They come back in week one, and he doesn't look good. Doesn't look like he's throwing the ball well because it's on the foot he's got to push off to throw. Doesn't look good. Comes back the next week, and then can't just, like, is limping. And they're going to say, nah, nah, he'll, he'll work his way through. He ain't going to work his way through it. He's not going to work his way that, through it.
1: That's something, if you don't take care of it for good, it will recur. you got You got to sit him you just, down. And get, you just watched it happen. Yeah.
0: And we're six re- weeks removed from when it first happened. Six weeks. If he throws the football one time like he wants to throw the football without thinking about that injury, that injury is coming right back to square one. Right back the first day of training camp. He, I, they are absolutely nuts for letting him go out there like that it's going to be very
1: interesting to see what they decide because they are somewhat desperate here. They're 0-2, and their backup quarterback has never started a game in his NFL career, right. which is all
0: of one pass attempt last week after he came in for Burrow at the end of the game. Right. They're they're 0-2, and they are sitting here looking at – let me just see – let me just get pull their schedule up really quick – they're looking at the Los Angeles Rams. Yeah. that Well, that
1: one, I mean, it's not going to be easy, but you could win that one at home, right? That's at home for them on Monday if night. If Joe's healthy. I'm not even saying if Joe's healthy. Like, you might be able to find a way to win that game because the Rams aren't world beaters anymore. I mean, I know mm-hmm. they've made some nice strides with their young receiving core, Puka Nakua, most notably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who has, what, 25 catches in two games?
0: Right, something like
1: that. He's like the new Cooper Cup. Um,
0: well, yeah, but I just, I don't know, man. I just think that's Joe's it. That is
1: going to definitely bear watching going forward here in terms of what the Bengals decide, but here's the Bengals schedule, Steve, for our MSG viewers. So as we mentioned, Rams at home, Monday night football, followed by roadies at Tennessee and Arizona. Then home against Seattle, followed by a bye. Would you, Steve, if you are the GM of the Bengals and you know maybe a little bit more about Burrow's injury and the severity of it, would you wait until after the bye to put him back on the field? Yeah, well. Bye is in week seven for Cincinnati. So that means he sits the next four games. You are an 0-2 football team.
0: The and interesting, you got Jake Browning behind him,
1: right? And here's the interesting thing: Jake only Browning, only one of your next four games is an AFC game that could affect you in the conference standings and tiebreakers and things like that. I mean, I realize common opponents come into play too, but the bulk of your AFC slate is after the bye. Something tells me Cincinnati is not going to do that. Yeah, I think he misses a game at most, and then they'll just trot him
0: back out there and say, "Let's go get him, Joe." If if he misses this game and they don't win it, he's definitely out there the next week. If they if they find a way to beat win this game with Jake Browning,
3: Mm -hmm.
0: and that's a big if six two two zero nine with a capital I and a capital F. Age twenty seven. He's been this Jake Browning bounced around. He's twenty seven. Yeah, never. He's got one year of experience. Well, not really. He's got practice squad experience. They ain't going to beat the Rams with that guy. Probably not. So, you're 0-3 now. Mm-hmm. Then, you, to me, then Joe shuts it down, gets healthy, comes back, and you, you try and make a run at it in the, with the AFC. You, you bring him back after the bye if you go 0-3 with this guy. So, you're saying if he loses,
1: you definitely shut him down. I was kind of going the other way. You, you go
0: 0-3 this week. You got to shut him down. You can't.
1: There are many teams that have come back from 0-3. I think there's only three teams that have started the season 0-3 and qualified for the playoffs, the 98 Bills being one of them. Um, yeah. That's a tough road to hoe there. Yeah. I'm- uh, one quick Bills note, the uniform combos are out. Bills are going with the Stormtrooper look this week, Steve. All white, baby. Mm.
0: White helmets, white jerseys, white pants. Let's go. Yeah, me likey that. That's awesome. I love that, man. That that pops. It, it looks just,
1: great on TV. They've I got know some that. great – I
0: love the Bills uniform combinations. They've got some good ones. I even like that – the home one that they had this last week with the blue on – with white helmet. Yeah, the it, it classic just, blue on white. It just jumps, man. I Yeah, the blue pops on it, TV it does, for sure. It really does. And this white on white, man, that is
1: oh – Yeah, oh they come mind. out of the tunnel, they look like stormtroopers. Yeah, That's cool. great. I love it. So, uh – That'll be a cool look on Sunday against Washington. I wonder if Washington's going all burgundy then. They might be. Yeah, maybe. Burgundy top to bottom. I guess that would be the uniform combination. Uh, we have to step aside here because when we return, we're going to have the Hall of Famer on the set. Thurman Thomas Love to get his thoughts on Buffalo's downhill rushing attack last week that bashed its way for what was it, 180-something yards last week? 83, all purpose. Thurman's got to be happy about that, so uh, we'll get his thoughts on that and where that running game can go going forward here next on One Bills Live, presented by Collider Health. It's Buffalo Bills Radio. All right, here we are, One Bills Live. Chris Brown, Steve Tasker, and in studio with us, the Hall of Famer Thurman Thomas, who has got to be over the moon about the downhill rushing attack that he <laughs> witnessed last week against the Raiders. Tell us, Thurman, were you in, like, heaven last week? What? Were you in heaven last week Man, watching I just,
4: that? I just went to the store and bought, like, four James Cook jerseys. <laughs> 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 I just went to the Bills Couldn't store, and, start and, right and yep, you know You're what? Loaded up. If I had a little bit more time. I probably would have worn one on the set. Okay, because yeah, yeah. man, I, well, hey, look, okay, it's it's the Raiders. And they're pretty decent defense. Yeah, it's okay, but you know what? You give it to the guys up front, man. And uh, and I can remember being, I was watching the game, and I kept looking at it like, okay, boy. Well, He's getting close to 100 yards. I want to see – because the game was kind of yep. out of control. I wanted to see, like, right. what is McDermott going to do? Know, what, yeah. what Are you going to sit him down or what? I just love the fact that he was out there. He got over 100 yards and he came out. Snapped off a big run. Snapped off a big run. I was like, this is it. But that gives the offensive line. Obviously going to get a little bit tougher uh, throughout the year, but that gives the offensive line of some confidence yeah. to block on certain plays. I mean, he's obviously he's great at the draw. That play has worked a, a lot, but you know what? Look what happened. Josh, thirty-one to thirty-seven, takes the pressure. There's, off. A, there's
0: a lot in this because you know everybody. We were talking about how Josh was, you know, struggling against the Jets, and it was it seemed to be his mindset, right? He was trying to win the game on every play and all right. of that. And then he come out there this week and totally different, totally different mindset. Oh, absolutely. D- people, Give people your perspective on what it's like to prepare for a game like that when you know you're going to play different.
4: Oh, well, I'm probably not talking to anybody. <laughs> That's, I'm just going by my own experience. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. leave me alone. I just had a terrible game. Yeah. Don't mess with me. I'm fine. You know what? You go out there, you you, you take an extra rep or two. Mm-hmm. Uh, you talked. I talked to Elijah Pitts a lot more mm-hmm. than I would do. Uh, so, uh, yeah, a lot of it goes into it. And plus, you know, you do the little things that really
0: get you going. And, you know, that's the offensive lineman. When you go in there, like a guy like Josh, he goes in there, he's, he's throwing – playing the game that we saw him play on Sunday. Is it – because we, we were hearing this about, like, Justin Fields today. Like, right. well, I can't really play free and easy when I got all this stuff for me. It is a thing when you yeah. go out there and play free and easy, but when you go out there and, and Josh seems like he was thinking his way through that game, right. um, there is a kind of a balance there, right, between playing free and easy and then playing, no, I ain't going to do that, I'm going to do this, you know. I'm yeah, going to do I'm going to stay disciplined.
4: I'm going to stay disciplined, and that's why he was, what, 31 for 37? 37, yeah. That's why, I mean, that was. 83%. 83%, and I think he just got named Offensive Player of the Week. So, yeah. I mean, there you go. I mean, you talk about the bounce back game, that's yeah. it. Obviously, you weren't going against a defense like the Jets. But Josh has been in this situation a couple of times throughout his career where he's played not up to his expectation and what we expect of him every single week. Uh, Yeah, and look at the little checkdowns and everything. I mean, everything is on time. Everything is ready. And I guarantee you, it was probably last week was probably his best week of practice since training camp.
1: What about the – offense's ability to run it in the red zone. As you know, Thurm, that is a hard place to get consistent gains. Yeah. Um, even against average defenses because everything's so tightly packed down there. What what is what was your assessment of the success they had down there, yeah, which, you know, helped them go 5 for 7 in the red zone and 4 of 5 in goal to go situations.
4: Well, they got a nice three-headed monster back there. Yeah. Uh, all those guys really do a uh, uh, Murray Harris and Cook, they really do a great job of, you know, they know what they are. I mean, you see Murray right there. I mean, I'm going downhill, baby. That's all it is. And I think the offensive linemen know that. Hey, I just need to get on a body, on a body, and let my big running backs in the back, Damon Harris also, do their thing. Mm -hmm. And they know when Cook is back there, it's going to be a little bit different because he's a smaller guy, does a lot of, um, you know, cuts and everything like that. But when you have these two guys right here, it's just downhill, baby, and I think offensive linemen love. There's none of that pulling or anything like that. No, it's just man on man, and you try to go get your guy and let those right. guys pick a hole, which I love to see that Josh was in. They were in the I formation. Under yeah. center. Under center,
0: center. man. I, I, That's been the topic of the week. Yeah. Oh, has it? Yeah, yeah, more under center. More under more center. More under
4: center. And you can still do the play action. You can still do all that, but I think it just gives an opportunity, especially for a guy like James, Hook, James Cook. You can see the cutback. You can see everything from seven yards. Then you can five yards next to the quarterback. I just,
3: I
0: yeah.
4: just, it's always been my opinion, yeah. and I think, even with the league now, you're seeing more guys get under center. What did you
0: notice about the play calling? Obviously, the under center stuff you noticed, um, and when they got it, when they're they're winning 38-10 or even 31-10, you're thinking, okay, you're going to run the football a lot more anyway. What did you think about Ken Dorsey, the play calling, and how the offense looked? You know, as a when they put that game away wow oh, I, I thought it was a waste. So I didn't finish watching it, kind of. Wow. This
4: one's in the book. Exactly. I was kind of going back to, what, last year or you're, two when it was pfft, over in the mid-third quarter. Dropping. I was right. ready to go. Yeah, 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 I was yeah, kind of, yeah. yeah, I was kind of out of that and playing with the grandkids. I got you. <laughs> in the suite. Right. We're <laughs> good. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm good. I didn't really
0: watch the rest of the game. Um, <laughs> take my word for you. it. Looked good. It looked good.
1: But once again, 12 personnel was a big part of the game plan, and you know they used it somewhat for protection pur- right. purposes with Max Crosby over there on Spencer Brown's side, helped him out a little bit when they had to, and obviously 12 personnel is going to be very big for them in the red zone, yeah. which it was, again, for the second week in a row. I'm very curious to see if it becomes their number one personnel grouping, term because the last three years maybe even four this has been predominantly an 11 personnel team yeah. and 12 is kind of creeping up on 11 here <laughs> and threatening to take over and we're only two weeks in
4: Well, you know what I think it's um, it'll come down to what type of defense that we're that we're uh, playing yeah. against too I think that will play a play a factor into that but uh you know what when when looking at that game I was in at the end of the game and you look at the stats or whatever and like wow they held the ball for 40 minutes yeah. When it said 40 and 19, first thing that came to my mind was Super Bowl 25. Yeah, I know. So I was, was just well, yeah, well, too, yeah, okay. Man. So you guys already talked about this. No, I didn't say <laughs> I don't even mention twenty. Oh, I'm not no. bringing oh, yeah. that up. Well, yeah, I'm just saying. That was the first thing. Well, I will, because. Exactly yeah. Well, you what can. That's exactly <laughs> what we went you can.
0: It's <laughs> exactly but, what you went through.
4: Yeah. And uh, so I was like, oh, man, that's. And they did it a lot with 12 coming up there. So, um, you know, instead of playing 11 all the time. So, yeah, I, I, I like that now you, you, you give defenses a, lip, a little different look. They're going to have to adjust to you because you're doing it well. And uh, so we'll see what happens against Washington. I think – I don't know where Washington's defense
1: is ranked right now. They're 10th um, overall, yeah. 17th in points allowed.
4: Yeah. So, you know what, the atmosphere for the commanders is probably real high right now. Sam Howell's a quarterback. Uh, yeah, right? well, they're two and zero. Oh, yeah, two and zero. Oh, you know, you got the new ownership coming in. You know, with part it's new them. energy there. New, it's new energy there. Yeah, and uh, I think Magic Johnson brings a lot of energy to wherever he goes and to whatever he gets involved into. So uh, it'll be a different matchup. Um, could very well be like the Raiders. I think they're a four three football team, right?
1: They are. The only difference is yeah. they got first round picks across the front. Montez Sweat, Jonathan Allen, um, Sweat got three Deron, sacks. Uh, yeah, yeah, Deron, Deron Payne, Payne and yeah. Chase Young. Yeah, that's their
0: front four. They
4: <laughs> <laughs> they're all first round picks. Well, yeah. we got some veteran guys. Yeah. And we get, let, let's let's see who
0: wins. Yeah. the they got they got seven sacks this They're number two in sacks per attempt. Okay, um, but you know they're in the they're in the middle of the pack right now. Passing yards, rushing yards, total yards, kind of thing. So, but last year they were top five in about all of them. Right, right, and. Uh, they were the best third-down defense in football last year. The Bills were the best third-down offense. That's right. going to be a fun matchup. That's going to be day. a fun matchup. But yeah. I think for the Bills, we were talking about this, they got to stay in third and less than five rather than right. third and ten no, plus. they can't go ten plus. Thing. Yeah, because yeah,
4: that's when those guys are really – Yeah. That's you, when those guys are really tee off. But I, I, think, I think this team right now, you look at them, obviously the first week didn't go the way – and they came out and showed everybody who they are. Right. Who it's they really are. They've so now, yeah. you know, their confidence is sky high right now. So, hey, last time we were on the road, you know what? We got beat. Let's go down there and do something in, um, so th- against Washington. Yeah.
1: So the passing game, Therm, nine different players catch footballs from Josh. How much more difficult does that make the Bills offense to prepare for if you're the Washington defense when you see that many people getting involved? Yeah. I mean, they scored five touchdowns last week none of them were named Diggs. Right. I know. Right. Yeah. So does that make it more difficult to prepare I for? I think so.
4: I think so too, because now you're like, okay, do we double this guy now? Do we double and take a chance on him? Because if we double him, digs, this could lead for a huge day for Diggs. Yeah. So, I right. mean, um, I think it will be tough for him really, uh, to try to figure it out.
0: So. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see how this offense evolves and who, because, uh, you know, right now, Dalton Kincaid's kind of been under the radar. Yeah. But if he stays on the pace he's at, he'll shatter the rookie tight end record for <laughs> right. NFL. Yeah. I mean, history. Um, and that's it, that's the way they're using him right now. Mm-hmm. Possession receiver, just what we thought. Possession receiver, get a first down, make some He's getting rips, too. And he's getting, he's a, getting lot a lot of time rips. on the field, which I think is just as important as anything. Even if they don't target him, give him 20 targets a game or even right. 10 targets a mm-hmm. game getting him out there and getting him used to being an NFL player is huge right. for a first-year guy. Because
4: he's an athletic guy. He can move very well. So I don't think they're kind of worried about, you know, well, he's not in this passing play or mm. this running play or he's on the backside of it. I think just the fact that, you know, he's an agile guy that's very athletic, uh, great ability, and he needs to be out there to see all these different things right mm. now because, as you see from the first two games, he's going to be out in the field a lot. And I don't know if that's compared to wide receiver or a tight end, but he's going to be in a lot. And his head is probably kind of spinning right now, but they're kind of mm-hmm. like taking it slow. Not, let's not put him in every passing route. Right. So I, I think right now they're just getting him
1: adjusted for the long haul because he's going to be out there a lot. Another guy that's going to be out there a lot, who we already talked about, is Cook. I don't know about you, but it seemed to me like it was easy for James to get the corner on a lot of those runs, whether he bounced them outside or they were designed to go out there. And I'm doing the broadcast saying to myself, (laughs) I I was saying it on the broadcast. I was like, I feel like Las Vegas is like underestimating his speed because their angles of entry were so
0: poor, poor.
1: They were getting completely outflanked by James, who was getting to the corner every time. Yeah. Is yeah. that just bad defense, or is James just that fast? I know he ran a four-four-two at the combine. Yeah,
4: but I I think that could be a combination of both. Okay. Bad defense,
1: guys right. just. All not, right. well, I like that answer. Guys, guys
4: just not setting the edge. Guys just not setting the edge. I couldn't right? figure it out. And uh, so yeah, I, I it
1: was the whole game. Yeah, I, <laughs> they never adjusted. <laughs> right. Maybe
4: they 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 don't have the personnel to make that. Yeah, adjustment. maybe not. That's it, a good point. I mean, you can like go throughout. The History, I mean, not the history, but their roster right now. And you look at the guy behind him and be like, huh, who? Yeah, <laughs> right. I, I, yeah, you wouldn't even know who he was. Right. So I think that's kind of inexperience on their part. Hey, look, I we've played in this league a long time. You sometimes, man, it's also great to have that veteran out there, even. If you know he's not what he used to be. Mm, because right. he can design he can sniff out a play. He, he can't. He right. He's no he's saying, look, I'm at the age now where you know what? I gotta set the edge. I have to set the edge. That's I, I can't I let this do. guy that's all I gotta do. And I think some of these younger guys just don't, I don't even get have that. to make the tackle. Just I set mean, the edge. you're right there. You got three guys that were inside the numbers. Even right. though Cook broke it in the inside, but they were they were right there just looking. So mm-hmm. we'll um yeah. I think yeah, this, this offensive
0: is, line is going to get better and better as the year goes along. Yeah, it's interesting, too, because they're playing a team that most people – they, they kind of think they're the Washington Redskins of the past six or seven years, but since week six of last year, they're 9-4-1. and one. Yeah, yeah. Um, they are winning games. They're winning games. They're winning twice as many games as they're losing, and they're, they're playing well. And Ron Rivera – you've got to give Ron Rivera really a, a lot of credit uh, he got his 100th win as an NFL coach head yeah. coach last week that's a lot and that's that's a milestone yeah that's big so yeah. this is going to be a game that on the road in a new invigorated fan base down in Washington with a new ownership and all of that uh, this is yeah this and is watch, not the Washington Redskins team we've seen for the last decade no
4: and watch for uh, Logan Thomas too
0: oh yeah <laughs> that's right for <former laughs> uh, yeah I, we former we Bill. talk back and
4: forth uh, watch him. I mean, actually, since he left for the Bills and been with the Reds, he's been playing pretty well. He's
0: been playing well for he's them, yeah. Really, really well he's, for them. Right? <laughs> he's been playing really well. I can't believe he's in his 10th year. Right, me too. Been around that long. I
4: looked at that this morning. I was like, oh my God, he's in his 10th year. But he's yeah. been playing the last yeah. kind of when he got shipped out of here and went to mm-hmm, Washington mm-hmm. or might have went somewhere before that. He's been playing really, really well. So I'm just. Yeah, he thinking. found a spot there. Yeah, he found there a they, spot. And he he they gave him spot. an
0: opportunity that he could exploit. Uh, and it was, you know. The right opportunity at the right time of his career, where it clicked for him, and he could make some things happen, and then all of a sudden it expanded, and he kept. You know, yeah. It's just. It, it takes a long time for some guys to find a spot where they can exploit uh, and the opportunity. Geno Smith, right. The prime example. Right. It <laughs> took him ten years. It ten takes years. to find yeah. a spot. <laughs> yeah, but also, he never got a chance. I mean, he's not going to play ahead of Russ. No. But you got to hang in there, you know, yeah. and. Yeah. It's hard. It's that's as, as hard, hard as anything, man. Yeah. You got to turn into a pro. Yeah, because you and don't want your you, career to be over just yet, right? <laughs> and finally, when somebody says, "All right, you're going to be in, you're going to play," and you finally get in there, say, "Okay," yeah. and you catch the pass, and you know, and, you, it, ca- it? You, know, and it, you string them together, and all of a sudden, wow! Like, Listen, here's some more.
4: Somebody really believes in it.
0: There's not that they didn't believe
4: in him here when he was with the Bills, but he just got to a good. I mean, Ron Rivera was a head coach. I mean, just everything just kind of fit for the. It's amazing
0: too. Yeah, yeah. it's a great. It's great to see it for guys. You know, whether they're on your team or not, when you understand what they've been through and the fact that some some little switch just went went the other way rather than getting flipped. off it got flipped on and there it is we'll have to see
1: if he's available this week because he did leave that game and went into the protocol i think for a concussion on a on a touchdown catch he caught it and then stayed down after he caught it so we'll have to see what their wednesday injury report looks like we take a break here but more with thurman when we return here on one bills live presented by collider health it's buffalo bills radio All right, back here on One Bills Live with the Hall of Famer Thurman Thomas in studio with us here on a Wednesday. And, Thurman, I know uh, Bijan Robinson's taken the league by storm after just two games, but the, yeah. the, the Washington Commanders have a Robinson as well. Brian, Brian Robinson is kind of more of a hammer type back. What do you Have you seen enough of him to kind of have an opinion on him? Haven't seen him, okay. but hey, get rid of
4: Bernard. Fifteen tackles because they're gonna run it. right? Six, one, two, twenty-five. That's a lot. That's a load right there. That's almost like Murray. Well, Murray's what? Two thirty. Two thirty. He's 6'3". It's, it's like
0: tackling your. It's like for Bernard. It's like tackling himself. He's, a, he's that's his size. You know? <laughs> yeah, he's that's like his size. Twin. So yeah, at least it's not like Derrick Henry or somebody. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, he's coming downhill. He's coming downhill. Yeah, I haven't seen any.
4: Highlights of him. I think he's something. got yeah.
1: uh, two or three touchdowns already. One receiving, by the way. Okay. So he is capable out of the backfield as a pass catcher as well. But they'll roll those guys through there like they do yeah. uh, with most teams. But Robinson is the featured guy, quote unquote, feature back. Now is not what it used to be. It's, I don't have to tell you that. <laughs> he's part of a committee. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> what do you What do you think of committee? <laughs> I like, don't like them because no. The, I do. <laughs> here's the thing, Thurman. No, I mean I think we would all agree that it is. Completely a passing league now. Yeah. And so running backs do have to have a diverse skill set if they right. want to stay on the field, number Absolutely. one. But number two, they're running less than maybe they ever have before right. on average across right. the league, and yet there are more backs than ever populating offensive backfields through the course of a game. Yeah. And it's not because of any kind of specialization that we used to see. You know, Kenny Davis comes out right. you know, for you to give you a break here or there. Or there's other teams that have a third down back or a scat back or whatever you want to call it. Nowadays, it's just, we got three guys, we're going to roll them through. You know, whoever happens to be out there when we're calling a run play, so be it. Like it's just, There <laughs> right. doesn't seem to be as much dedicated rhyme or reason to who is on the field at a particular time.
4: Yeah, it, it, it's definitely not de- delegated to one guy anymore. It's two or three guys. And, you know, being at that position now, it's um, – I have a hard time watching it occur throughout the game because I look at a guy like James Cook, like I want to have a, I want to get into a rhythm when I'm out there. Mm-hmm. I, I, this, I, I know this is your system. I know this is how we do things. But in order for me yeah. to be at my best, I need, I need to be out there for ten plays in a row. Because here's the thing, you- I don't need to be out there on first down and come back on second.
1: I I need to get into a rhythm. I know what you mean. Take that rhythm a step further, though, Thurm, because I think people hear that all the time, but I don't know if they know what that means. So what are the advantages that give you or put you in that rhythm against the defense that you're facing? Like... Spell it out for me. Are you able to set up defenders better? What are the what's the checklist as to why you're in a better rhythm when you're out there? Moving? I'm
4: able to check I'm able to do a checklist of who's in the game. Is there an extra linebacker in the game? Is there an extra DB in the game? Yeah. Do I know if there's an extra linebacker in the game? Okay, well that extra linebacker or defensive end might be used up by the tight end, Pete Metzlar. If you have a DB in there, all of a sudden, oh, Pete messinor is not going to be blocking that DB. It could be a wide receiver. So you put all those factors in it, you see yeah. they're in a um, four down two. Yeah, four, four bad two, four, two, five. four, two, five, right? Yeah,
1: things That's change, and
0: I. But That's you know right. what? When you're running plays, they're they're changing because right. you're in there. That's the thing. You got to – You. that that rhythm you're talking about, you get into the rhythm with what their coaching staff is doing against your offense. So you're understanding the nuances of the defensive changes and their mindset and how it's changing. And then you hear the play call and you're thinking, okay, now I I got this. And here's what they're, this is what we're going to do against this. You know what I mean? So you can stay a half a step ahead while knowing the short-term memory of what happened in the last couple of plays and set up, and how they've changed because you've been strumming them, or because, <laughs> right. the, or else, if you haven't been strumming them, they're doing really well, and they ain't changing. So now it's like, okay, oh, we well, tried this in a two technique. Now he's here we three. go. Right, <laughs> you, you are, you are up to speed where with where both coaching staffs are adjusting to each other. Where well, if you come off, yeah, you come off the field. You gotta wait and watch yes. and see what the play's it's gonna be. It's not the same as looking at the pictures on the sideline and <laughs> No, it's not. Yeah. yeah so so you, and plus you the guys around you are the same way. Yeah. You know, they're staying in the the offensive linemen are staying in the field. You you hear their conversations and da-da-da. You know. So you're just more and further and further down that rabbit hole of being immersed in what's going on in the strategy <laughs> right. of that game. Yeah. And if you come in and out. You're deprived of that a little bit. At least a little bit. Like if
4: you're coming in and out, you're gonna be like, Oh who they bringing in? Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: Okay. All right. That's fair.
1: Ten seconds therm. Do you do you like the chances here on the road this week? Oh yeah. Okay. I think
4: that just game, yeah. It's out of the way. We got a first victory. Yeah. NFC team on the road. Off and running. Off and running. And they're wearing the whites, man. Oh, man. Oh, that looks so nice. All right, Thurman. Well,
1: thanks for popping in. We'll catch up with you next week. That's the Hall of Famer Thurman Thomas joining us here on a Wednesday. We'll take a break and be back with more, including some post-practice commentary from Bills players. Here on One Bills Live, presented by Kaleida Health, it's Buffalo Bills Radio.
0: Bills Live, presented by Kaleida Health.
1: All right, hour number two here on a Wednesday. Chris Brown, Steve Tasker with you. One Bills Live is the show. Been chatting it up here with Thurman. Good to have him in and uh, chat with the Hall of Fame running back. Gets some of his thoughts on the Bills run game and how encouraging it looked last week. If you missed Thurman's comments, you can check him out uh, online after we're off the air sometimes we may even tweet out his segment who knows keep a lookout for it either at one bills live on twitter or you can go to buffalobills.com scroll to the very bottom cuz that's where they've got us steve roll the way to the bottom keep scrolling keep scrolling keep scrolling and you'll eventually find one bills live on the home page and you can you <laughs> do can, i sense do I pull s- us up way do down there a,
0: a hidden message there one bills live to the bottom um Uh, they need to put us right at the top of the headline with josh allen offensive player of the week keep on scrolling right next to josh right keep on scrolling
1: that's the message that's where we want to be don't don't give up just keep going we'll be there Uh, we'll be there just like we are every day uh, uh in case you missed thurman's comments he had some good stuff to offer on the bills run game and on James Cook. And yeah, that's
0: stuff about getting into a rhythm and with your offense. And, you know the way the teams do it with the committees. There's a, it, obviously the the other edge of that sword is that you've got a guy in there that is fresh. Yep. And and in, and ready to go when wants and throwing and, something
1: and, different at that defense right. that no, no longer can get used to how one guy
0: runs. Right. And they are, and I think most teams have gotten in. And plus it has turned into a throwing league as well. So you want that aspect on the field all the time as much as you can. And so the the days of a running back being a running back only are long gone. If you can't catch the ball, you can't play. And so all of these guys have a little of that in them. Um, but the better they are at it, the more time they get, and the and the better offensive coordinators like it. So – yeah, this, this committee thing for running backs and it's it's here to stay. I think at least for the foreseeable future, it's not going anywhere. I don't I don't know that the way the league is structured, that this pendulum is ever going to swing back the other direction to to look like a team that runs first, passes second. Yeah, I just don't think you can win that way.
1: No, I mean not
0: unless you have some kind of unstoppable force. This you think about it. Even the bills is like they ran thirty five and through and through thirty seven times. They were up by multiple multiple scores. They were up by twenty one and twenty eight late in the in the fourth quarter. That's how this running thing got skewed, like it is. If they wouldn't have, if that would have been a tighter game, you can bet it would have been fifty to twenty. You know, if, if there's uh, what how many plays is that? 35, 37, That's seventy two plays. Mm-hmm. Did I get that right? The Raiders ran 39, I think. Public math, I don't want to. 72 plays, it would have been 20 and 52. 52 passes, 20 runs, if that game would have been close, in my opinion. You know, if the same, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, But because you're up by 18, then 21, and then 28, they're just handing it off. I'm very curious
1: because Thurman talked about this. He was very happy with, The production they're getting off those draws, which they sometimes run out of the shotgun. Josh will take the snap and then run over to James and hand it to him. I think they averaged like seven yards on draw plays over the last two weeks. It's been an effective weapon for them. I'm wondering what Washington schemes up to try to defend that.
0: Yeah, well, that's, you know. Because now they've seen it on tape for the last two weeks, and it's worked. Right. Well, it's it's like it's play action. You fake the run, make them think you're going to run it, and then throw it. Or it's a screen pass where, you know, you let them come through and do it. But it's faking the run and then throwing the ball. Or back in shotgun spread formation, you're going to throw it. No, we're going to run it. Because they, they always have him.
1: James offset. Like yes. he's, he's almost like hiding
0: behind the line. So they can't see him. Well, it's almost two. They've got him back there at Josh's depth way out wide. Like, he's going to go right away. they yeah. they got to line a defender up out wide to get some keep leverage. And Josh, like you said, Josh grabs the snap out of the shotgun and runs over to James Cook and gives it to him. Because they're thinking Cook's in there for pass protection, right? And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, crap, he's got the ball.
1: <laughs> right. And he's running. Yeah. And he's so small in stature, I think sometimes they lose him back there.
0: And here's the like, thing. Like, if you're at the second level, you could lose him easily, especially when you've got your eyes on Josh. And when you've got your offensive line who knows it's going to be a run and the defense hesitates for a minute thinking it's going to be a pass, your offensive line can get that that split second of leverage on their blocks, get to the second level, make sure they can get their angles right. Um it gives that offensive line a half a second or less, but that much time to gain the advantage when the defense thinks you're doing something that you're not. Yeah.
1: Let's go to the phones. 803-0550, 1-888-550-2550 if you want to chime in here today. Let's go to Jim in Jamestown. Jim, what do you got for us? You're on One Bill's Live.
4: Hey, how you guys doing today? Good. Excellent. Um. No, I know it's only been two weeks in the season, but uh,
0: in the NFC and the AFC, who would have got possibly going for a Super bowl run right now, if any? Dallas and San Francisco to me. Definitely. Man, there, there could be another one, too, that, that jumps up. Uh, Green my, Bay, possibly? Green Bay? Uh, I want to see more from Green Bay. I don't know enough yeah. about it. What you know? I don't know enough about. Haven't seen enough of them to know or to you know make that call. But I would say, like I said, I would say those two: San Francisco and Dallas, for sure. What do you got in the AFC? Well, in the AFC, it's my. You got to think about them. Miami. If two is healthy, they're mm-hmm. a, they're a problem. The Bills, uh, the Chiefs are going to be there at the end. Joe mm-hmm. Burrow puts the the Bengals in doubt. His injury. Uh,
1: I think the Ravens are a sneaky Ravens, team.
0: The Ravens are a good football team. So I think – and I hate to say it, Jacksonville is no slouch. They they took one on the chin last week, but that's who I'm thinking. It's going to be Baltimore, Miami, the Bills, Kansas City. Yeah, that's that's who I'm thinking. All right, thanks a lot, guys. You, you bet. got it, Jim. Just, we're here to help,
1: man. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I think the AFC is a crowded field and knowing how long this season is injuries, I think are obviously going to play a factor as we've already seen with Joe Burrow and how long, how long is he either playing and ineffective or out of the lineup? When is he going to look like Joe Burrow again? That that's the $53 million question and, or the $275 million question (laughs) in Cincinnati. But I think, I think Baltimore has got some staying power here. Obviously, Lamar's got to stay healthy, something he could not do each of the last two years, which compromised their chances. Two years ago, they didn't even make the playoffs because he was hurt. Last year, they got in, gave Cincinnati all they could handle with Snoop Huntley, their backup quarterback, in the game. Um, They want to get to the end of the season with Lamar, for sure. Mm -hmm. And the new passing game there under Todd Monken, who just won two national titles with Georgia and then came to the Ravens, has worked wonders for Lamar's passing. I mean, Josh Allen right now leads the league in completion percentage. Number two in the league is Lamar, seventy-four and a half percent, and he's throwing downfield. He's not just throwing dink and dunk stuff. He's he's got he's had more success yeah. on his downfield mm. passing, which was the one knock on his yeah.
0: passing ability. And Jim from Jamestown just asked about whether Green Bay. I think Green Bay could make the playoffs this year. They were eight and nine last year. Jordan they're, Love's played well. Six touchdowns, one one. no picks. They're one and one. Lost their game by a point to the Falcons. So. I don't know what the Falcons are going to do this year. This, they've got the fourth-place schedule, though. Well, both of those teams are in weak divisions. They, right. They've got a weak division, and they're playing a third- or fourth-place schedule. So they got the Saints, the Lions, the Raiders, the Broncos. And they've got the Rams. But then in the second half, they're going to get the Steelers, the Chiefs, the Giants, the Buccaneers. You yeah. know, so we'll see. So I think there's enough – you know, teams that are struggling on their schedule with the Raiders, the Lions, and the, the Saints, the Broncos. Yeah. The Green Bay Packers can make the, the can make a run at the playoffs yeah. this year. No question. To
1: Richard in Tonawanda next. What do you got for us, Richard? You're on One Bills Live.
3: Uh, uh, hello. Uh, I've been a Bills fan since the old days of War Memorial, and uh, I saw quite a few games down there. Uh, my question is is on uh, game preparation. Now, obviously, players go up against new players every week. I'd like to know if there's like a coach or a specialist that reviews the film with the players to see the strengths and weaknesses of the exact player that they're going to play. You know, you could take uh, uh, Spencer Brown and against the opponent that he was going to go against. And I know he has. I want to know if there's insight from the coaching department for each player on the Bills when they look at the opponent, the, the, the player that they're going to go against that week.
0: Yes. I'll hang up and listen. Yes. there is. Gr- they go into great detail about what makes the other player a good player, what his strengths and weaknesses are, how you can combat it, what kind of players have been successful against that guy, uh, what kind of... Things have not worked on that guy, what the other team asks that guy to do specifically against you, what you can expect from him in certain down and distances. Yes, all of that stuff is sliced and diced and served to the player. They, they, they can get as much information about the guys they're going to go against as they, as they can stand. Now, it becomes a lot to handle. At, like, for instance, you're, you're talking about Spencer Brown. Spencer Brown may see four different rushers in this game uh, on his edge. They may switch guys around because of their game plan or whatever, so he's got to have a handle on what a lot of guys do and also get a handle on what their team likes to do with stunts and moves and this kind of thing. So, yeah, there's a lot there, Uh, and they get get all of that. Plus, the guys, what you'll have typically in an offensive line – you'll have those offensive linemen, there'll be like ten guys in the room, and there's an open conversation talking about each of the guys they're facing. You can do it a couple ways. You can call a play and say, here's what we're doing on this. You get this guy, this guy, this guy, and if he does that, you do this, that, that. Yes. Uh, That's what being a pro football player is all about. And they have people on staff who break that stuff down for them. I know when I was playing, I would get the video – crew to make tapes. They don't have to do video anymore. They don't have tapes that they stick in a machine. What they do is they they, it's all on computer now. And they'll say, I want to see this team's punts inside their own 40-yard line. I want to see what they do on punts inside their 40-yard line. Or I want to see every punt they have. And I want to see it from the end zone angle. They'll put that request in and it'll come out. You just turn it on. Here it is. Let's watch it. And I used to spend a lot of time watching guys I was going to go against they it's common. So yes. And um, there's an extra layer to that
1: because you asked, you know, who's the person in the room? It's their position coach. That's usually going through a lot of that film breakdown with them, but there's an added layer to that. And that's the advanced scouting department. So you have pro scouts scouting that team a week before you play them. So when you come at in at least the, a week, probably at least three, weeks. two weeks, probably, probably two, two or three, or three weeks. games before you play them, they're out there looking at that team so that the Monday you come in after your last game, so the Monday before you play the the Washington Commanders, your advanced scouting department, those guys are in a room with the coaching staff saying, here's what you got to know about these guys that you didn't pick up on film yourself. Here are their personnel groupings. Here are their calls. All of that stuff. Here's who they use in Big Nickel. Here's who they use when they go three safeties, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So you have an advanced scouting staff trying to equip you with a jumping-off point to start with, knowing you only got three or four days to know them like the back yeah, of your hand. To get,
0: yeah, to get ready, and they they have people in the in house as well who start assimilating information days and weeks in advance of the game. Yeah. So you've got people in your building that are starting to look like right now they're looking um, at
1: the Jaguars.
0: Right. Exactly. That's just what I was going to say. They're they're looking at the teams that you're going to play down the road. You got people out there looking at the Jaguars. And the Giants starting to get a handle on those teams. And the closer you get, the more distilled the information becomes. And um, you'll start – I mean, you'll start looking at concepts and stuff like that. Coaching staff will start thinking about that stuff like the week before. Like when you're finishing up your preparation for the Raiders, you've already got guys in your office starting to think, okay, let's – put this together for the commanders here. We got this. And, and they'll start putting together yeah, the bones. Full of, report for you. Yeah, they'll put Sitting together the bones. Desk. So, yeah, they to, – to in short, uh, yeah, there's a lot of that going on. That's all they do. Yeah. They don't just go out and say, let's try this play, <laughs> you know. There's so, a yeah. lot of time
1: invested and a, a lot, lot of time. A lot of person power invested as well. So, hopefully that helps explain that a little bit. Um, we usually – answer questions like that on Friday in our OBL Fan Friday mailbag. But if those questions exist now, we're happy to take them. Uh, We are anticipating, at the close of Bill's practice today, uh, one Connor McGovern here in studio. So we look forward to that conversation here, see how his first two games in a Bill's uniform has gone for him. And we'll also have players at the podium post-practice, usually on Wednesdays we get Josh Allen. Stephon Diggs, Jordan Poyer, guys like that. So we'll bring those to you in short order as soon as they are addressing the media. Um, is there anything beyond the front four, Steve, with this commanders team that sticks out to you? Because to me, that's the, mat- that's the primary matchup You know, the Bills have to handle, as I see it, from a talent perspective. Now, They've got a talented receiving core. I mean, you're talking about a third-round pick in Terry McLaurin who's more than proven himself at the NFL level. He's been a Pro Bowler. Mm-hmm. You have a you have a first-round pick in Jahan Dotson, and you have a second-round pick in Curtis Samuel. I mean, there's talent there.
0: Yeah, I think that's outside. the thing. You've got you're going to have to ex- at a, when you're playing against physically talented guys, you've got to do everything right. I think it becomes more of a it to forget the physical challenge it becomes more of a mental. Yeah. A mental exercise because you've got to really mind your p's and q's and be in the right position. Feet work it, because you beat a superior athlete with technique. Uh, you and you rely on your coaching staff to put you in a position that gives you a chance to be successful. So it takes a deeper level. When you feel a team's talented, feel more f- physically talented, maybe not more accomplished, but when you feel they're more com- physically talented, you really gotta, you've really gotta hone in on execution technique. and being in the right spot and technique. Break time for us here when we return, one of Buffalo's
1: newest starting offensive linemen, Connor McGovern, your left guard, 66 in your program. He'll be joining us here in studio next on One Bills Live, presented by Collider Health. It's Buffalo Bills Radio. All right, welcome back to One Bills Live. Chris Brown, Steve Tasker with you. Pleased to have in studio with us, fresh off the practice field, your left guard, Connor McGovern, joining us. Good to have you with us, Connor. Good to see you. Nice. Um, Thank you for having me. Yeah, nice and I mean, sweaty I am. Yeah, well, that's fine, man. Hey, you're putting the work in. We're never going to argue with that. Um, two games in a Bills uniform in the regular season. Yes. And uh, last week was fantastic. But how do you feel like you've acclimated? Because, you know, when you're making that kind of a change as an offensive lineman, I mean, it's nice to have veterans on either side yeah. of you, you know, in Dion and Mitch. But still, it's... You got to, it's, There's an acclimation period. Yeah, building there. that chemistry. Yeah. Definitely. So how was that?
3: Like during the offseason, we got really close, but just getting the live action, and that's where you really start building. We had a week one, and luckily we had a quick week. Not great for the body, but just helping us grow. Feel just being more and more comfortable with each other. Just learning how each other plays. We got all the communication down. Uh, that's what the off season is for, and just feeling comfortable. I would say this is yeah. the main thing.
0: Fans always watch the game, and, and they're and everybody's talking about the efficiency of the offense. I mean, you get, we were talking just before we came on that 15 play drive, nine minutes off. Yeah. Do you guys is that the only way you kind of feel the difference in what it looks like? You guys are down there in the trenches. I mean, you you know you got your heads down, uh, and of course you feel a 15 play drive rather than a three yeah. play drive. But what do you guys notice about the way? this offense clicked on Sunday as opposed to that week one?
3: I would say uh, definitely just being able to establish that run game early, just eat up the clock when I think we had like 40 minutes like right. we had the ball. Yeah. Right. Uh, I would say what really broke their defense was that long drive to start off the second quarter. Like we right. came out uh, the Seven last half, yeah. yeah. the last drive of the first half we scored, came out, got the ball, took down nine minutes, and that broke their will I think right there. And then uh-huh. we were able – that last drive was on the five-yard line we started and marched right down the field 95 yards and scored and mm-hmm. –
1: that was the game. It's not like Josh wasn't under center in week one, but he seemed to be under center a little bit more last week. And I'm curious, not that you have a choice in the matter, but when he's under center and he's turning around and you know whether it's play action or whether he is handing it off, you guys get to fire off the ball. I got to believe yeah. you
3: like that. Uh, I always love having my hand down in the dirt, just being able to get off. You saw on the goal line, just yeah. coming straight out. That's my personal favorite, but Hey, whatever, however he wants to be back there, we'll do it.
0: Yeah, and, and you've got to you got to know too. This, when you look at this group and start getting ready for the Commanders, they got a bunch of dudes. They got some yes. guys up front. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but he's luckily, seen but a lot yeah, of them.
3: I've seen them playing right. the past four years, twice a year. So giving some insight to a lot of the guys, how they like to play. They're very sound front seven. They're all first round picks. They're all great players on their own. And it's just about winning your one-on-one this week, pretty much, because that's how they want to just set everyone up one-on-one and try to beat you like that
1: and let their guys play man. So we just got to take it to them. Right. Do you – so when – talk to me about that, though, Connor, because when you have uh, a working knowledge – I mean, because they've been there for a little while. You were in Dallas for a little while. You're playing them twice a year. So, you know, you probably feel like you've got a pretty good bead, you know, on how Jonathan Allen plays or how Deron Payne plays. And, you know, you're talking about lending some of that to the guys in your room. Um, I'm not saying you would study less this week necessarily, but you have a jumping off point. So how much easier does that make your week?
3: Uh, that definitely makes my week a little bit easier. Like Again, still watching the same amount of film, uh, but I'm able to adjust like, all right, I know how this guy's gonna play it this way. Like, yeah. I know for one outside zone, he's gonna try counter this way or whatnot. Like, of going into a fresh new mindset. Like, I know their baselines, and I'm able to help, like, uh, Osiris, like, how he's gonna set uh, Deron Payne. Like, I know how, like, the help, like, tips he's gonna need. Or just helping Mitch or Dion or Spencer, like, how they need to set their guys, how they wanna establish, yeah. like, their one game or just how they want to rush the ball, too.
0: Yeah, this gets, this last game, what did you think of the Bills' home opener? You hadn't played in a home opener.
3: No, th- that was my first ever game in Highmark Stadium, too. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, I'll say that was electric. Uh, I wasn't sure how it was going to be, like, stadium-wise. Everyone says it's this great, crazy atmosphere, and seeing it firsthand, I was blown away. And I, Especially how loud it was, too.
1: I was not ready for it. Free agency was a new thing for you this offseason, but – you didn't have to wait around and wonder very long. I mean, no. you were you you were a quick signing. My question to you though is, you know, you got Ryan Bates here, another Penn State guy. How much did you kind of reach out to him to get a feel for what it's like here before you made your decision? Uh, Do you talk what, to Batesy much? Or well, no? we still talked off. I was
3: actually in Hawaii right before. Uh, oh, free agency. Free agency hit. We're actually on the plane. Plane. Me and my wife were on the plane. Plane ride back. And when we came back, and my agent laid out a couple offers for me, and that's okay. when I picked it. Uh, literally just to me in Hawaii, and just I was like, oh, I haven't talked to Ryan in a few weeks, so I was like, just hit him up with how his off season and all that's going. And then literally, I don't know, maybe the next day, my agent told me he's like, oh, we have a couple interests, and yeah, yeah. I'm on. And one's Buffalo, and I'm like, oh, that's really weird. Like, yeah, then just started, like asked Ryan a couple questions, what I thought. And then next thing you know, that I think it was the Monday rolls around. Sign here, and he was the first person I called. Oh, he was, cool! Was was he, was, he was like, he's like, yeah, like, uh, he was like, I was getting a lot of questions about you. It's <laughs> just the way everything timed out. It's just I happened to reach out and just to see how he was, and yeah, and things. One thing led to That's another. Cool. One That's one them, cool. That's
0: yeah. cool. Yeah, Bills fans are always wondering about how when guys come from other teams, what they think about this city. It's for we were talking in the break. For you, this is kind of like moving back to what you really know yes. from Scranton, and yep. your family's from PA, from Pittsburgh. Her, your wife's family's from Pittsburgh. Uh, it's been a really nice transition for you. Yes,
3: family. I would say so. Like me and my wife, love the slower way of life. We're both from small towns
1: in Pennsylvania, so this just
3: feels more like home to us. Yeah. And
1: and you know, our owner Terry Pagula is a Penn State alum as well. So yep. in the in the maybe brief times that you've been around him as. I'm sure Penn State has come up. Oh yeah, definitely the first time
3: uh, talking about Penn State, and then covering everything back home. So, always oh, just going on either about back home, my high school playing his high school, yeah, or just talking about Penn State. Usually, the two things we talk about.
0: Yeah. So you've been here for now for a whole off season. You yes. kind of acclimated through an entire training camp. You see the teams take shape. Give us your thoughts about. Uh, 17 back there you saw and you heard the stuff about man he struggled in week one but then he came out and it was a completely different dude in week two you know what are your thoughts and uh, you know put his performance in yeah. perspective I
3: would say the biggest thing I took away from last week like none of the, like I would say we weren't up to our standard week one no one was but just the way he kept the entire team just level-headed how he went about his business the same way kept everyone on the same page and we came out firing like how we should have in week two and I just commend him for, like, how he took leadership of everything and got the ball rolling.
1: So with Washington, like, beyond that defensive front, which gets all the headlines, and we understand why. They're all former first-round picks, yada, yada, yada. Um, is there any other thing that really kind of sticks out to you about their defensive unit, having seen them as much as you have? Yeah,
3: uh, I would say the way they play overall. Like, they don't give up. Like, you saw the past two weeks, what were they, down both games, and they came back and went. Like, right. it doesn't matter how much – they're down, like they're they're always in the game. Mm-hmm. Like I remember, two years ago we were up 30 on them, and like all the way to the last snap, they were still giving the same rush every single time. Like it doesn't matter if they're up by 40, down by 40, they're not giving up. So I commend them for that. But playing the same to, way, yeah,
0: throughout. Okay, right. Connor, thanks for coming in. I appreciate you, man. Yeah. It's good to see you. We had you in right after you signed, and it's nice to see you again. Uh, nice to see you guys. All too. Acclimated.
1: All right, so that's Connor McGovern, your left guard here on one bill's live we're going to transition now and go right to the post practice podium where Josh Allen is addressing the media
3: How
4: was practice today?
1: It's a good practice. good practice. Yeah. It was
5: good. We're good. Yeah, it was, it was nice. The weather was perfect.
4: Now, I know something you always your, you know, you're your own critic, right? And completion percentage. I know that's something that stuck out to you a lot last year, but these past two games your completion percentage has been on fire. Uh, just care to talk about some of the ways that you think that could you know, increase that percentage from last year to this year.
5: Uh, just making quicker, more decisive decisions, uh, being smart with where the ball's going, obviously utilizing um, the backs and tight ends and some of the underneath stuff, and then just concept-wise making sure that we've got enough plays in where we're getting guys the ball in their hands.
1: Josh, you've never played in Washington. It's one of the I'm
5: few stadiums I haven't played in yet.
1: When you go into a new stadium, what what do you look for physically in a new stadium and a
0: new surrounding? Yeah, I
5: mean, walk out there, you kind of feel the turf um, or the grass, whatever it's whatever it's got. You look for the play clocks. Um, and then if there's any weather, kind of where the wind's affecting certain spots of the field. Um, other than that, then nothing, nothing, nothing crazy. It's 100 yards you get. Exactly, oh, yeah.
3: At this stage of your career and with a track record, what does is, what is AFC Offensive Player of the Week
5: mean? Uh, it means typically they give it to the team that won the game. So that's it's a win.
3: Does it mean any more after from the Jets game to what you put out there last weekend?
5: No. I mean, I, I was surprised. Um, I didn't think stats were that great. But, again, I was talking to... Nate Browski, and he just said, imagine that kid in fireball high school getting getting one of these and thinking about that. So I'm just trying to put things in perspective. But doesn't mean a whole lot, but it's still it's still nice. It means we won a game.
1: On that note, no Josh, you win AFC for week when you say the stats weren't that great. It wasn't, yeah, it wasn't a 400-yard game. It wasn't a 100-yard rushing. But does that kind of reinforce to you the kind of game that you did play to help your team win last week?
5: For sure. Just, I mean, smart football, thing within the system, not trying to do – Anything too crazy. Um, And, again, we scored on six of our eight drives, really seven if you don't include the last one where we took knees. So, um, you know, just just making sure we're being smart and methodical in what we're doing and, and, um, yeah, just trying to stay ahead of the sticks and win football games.
3: What have you kind of taken from that game maybe particularly
5: having it after and how to the um, again just going against we're going against a good front making sure we're getting the ball out and um, getting our guys in space and, and forcing those interior d linemen to, to move around the field tire them out just a little bit and um, just making sure we're spreading the ball around fairly evenly and just being two-dimensional
1: Mention sure front. Um, this Washington front, as good as there is in the league. We played them a couple of years ago. Obviously got chased last week. What have you seen on tape, and how are they different from
5: that Yeah, it's it's one of the best groups, if not the best group in the league. Um, you know, up front, they're all big, fast, powerful, explosive. They all uh, all can get after the quarterback. Um, so again, making sure that you know we don't let them take over the game because they they have the ability to do that. So making sure we're dialed in, communicating well, um, and ultimately the, the team that best executes on, on Sunday is going to win the game. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll we'll have to have a good week of practice, develop a plan, and try to stick to that plan.
1: Josh, in that game against the Raiders, on the first drive, there was a play where you stepped out of bounds to take a sack rather than take a hit or take a throw. Is that an example of a play that you might have done a little differently than maybe you had in the past?
5: Maybe. Um, Maybe saving a sack on a stat sheet and just taking an incompletion for my lineman there. Only the only thing I can think of. Do
4: you do anything with all those awards? Like.
5: Kevin Kevin just said, uh, what am I going to do with my, my my player of the week check? So I'm still waiting for those to, to come in. I don't know if I don't know if they got my address wrong or not, but.
3: Did you get a
5: certificate or something? I I think you get a ball. sending
0: Kevin's address?
5: They might be. Kevin might be hoarding all those.
0: Jim Kelly has uh, the most of those awards in franchise history.
4: What does that mean to you?
5: Um, I, it doesn't. It doesn't mean all that much, guys. Like we're just out here. Trying, I'm just trying to help this team win football games. And um, again, they don't give those awards to to guys that are losing football games. So again, helping put my team in good position to win football games. That's that's all I'm trying to do. Talk a little bit about the variety of skills and experience that you have in the backfield behind you on this, this team. Yeah, again, having bringing in two guys like Damian and Latavius. Latavius is uh, he's getting up there in, in age. You know, he's played a long time in this league. He's been through a lot of different systems, a lot of different places, played with a lot of different guys. Um, so he's got a lot of smarts to him, and you know, to, to have his experience in the backfield, it shows. It doesn't just show when he's on the field. You know, when he's in the room talking with a young guy like James. And, and Damian, obviously being in the, the league a little bit longer than James, um, he's still pretty young too, but you, you can tell just the experience that he's had in big games, you know, obviously going to Alabama and, um, you know, just being in, in those big game environments that the game's never too big for him. They understand their assignment, and, uh, you know, that room is all true professionals. It really is. How, how critical is their participation in trying to declaw that defensive line that you referred to earlier. in Washington? Uh, big time, big time. If um, you know, if teams want to start playing, you know, the two-high shell, the quarters, the Tampa, um, and try to get to the quarterback with with four guys, you know, we got to be able to run the run the football effectively and, and try to pull them out of that so we can open up some some things in the passing game. Um, but if they just want to keep playing, like I said, that shell, uh, keep running it and, and trusting that those guys are going to go make yards. Um, again, I think last week, just in practice and, and how we approached it, the communication that, that we had um, as an offense, as a staff, um, it was very open, it was very honest, and just making sure that we're staying on top of those things and trying to take the same approach every week. What out to about personality? He's quietly the funniest guy in the team. You know, He doesn't say much, but when he does um it's it's pretty funny he's got a a very unique personality um just kind of lays low in the weeds and it's no pun intended um he's not the biggest guy but um he's awesome to be around and again he's just as as time goes on he's opening up um more for the receiver room in this offense and um you know the more we can pull out of him the better
1: All right, that's Josh Allen addressing the media. Questions much different this week than they were last week uh, after a rock-solid performance from Josh. As a matter of fact, Sean McDermott called it uh, a solid performance that had some bits of typical Josh Allen spectacular plays, but he called it one of those performances you put on the shelf and reference from time to time to remind you how you should play in a game to put your team in position to win. And he did that in a big way yesterday, or on Sunday, I should say. And there was a lot of help along the way, too. A defensive unit that we know got three takeaways and really just completely stymied last year's leading rusher, Josh Jacobs. So going forward now, you heard him say that they want to kind of incorporate all three of those guys in the run game again this week, knowing full well if you, one of the best ways to back off a pass rush is to run the football. And I wouldn't be surprised if that's part of the aim on Sunday to try to at least keep that defensive front guessing so they're
0: not pinning their ears back on third and eight, third yeah, and nine. Yeah, I mean seven, you can imagine nine. what that's like. You got a you got a you got an offensive lineman, a three hundred pounder firing off at you, trying to push you and get and move you out of the way for a guy coming right behind him with the ball in his hands, yeah. and you got guys piling in on and you're doing that, and you're doing that, and then all of a sudden you, you get a chance to rush the passer, but you think it's going to be more of that right so you start it just yeah there's no i, I think the, the the ability to anticipate when you're going to do it helps those guys yeah. up front and when you get them in there say okay here we go i i know nothing's coming here except a pass let's go yeah. um that mindset makes a big difference We have to take a break here because we want to leave enough time on the back end to bring Jordan Poyer's
1: post-practice comments to you. We'll get to the Bills' safety when we return. Here on One Bills Live, presented by Collider Health, it's Buffalo Bills Radio. Welcome back to One Bills Live. Chris Brown, Steve Tasker. I want to throw it right back down to the post-game podium where Jordan Poyer is addressing the media post-practice. Offense now in Washington. Are there any similarities that you can take from some of the stuff he did in Kansas City or is it that team has Patrick Mahomes?
2: Uh, I mean, yeah, you can say some similarities. Um, you know, they got a lot of speed on that side of the ball. A really good quarterback who's playing really well. Um, you know, really solid offensive line. So uh, it's a good football team, it's good offense, and uh, like you said, some similarities to Kansas City. Obviously different personnel groupings, but, uh, but uh, you know, we're going to have to play well to win. Jordan, at least in
3: games, I guess resilient would be a word to describe them right where they've rallied. What, what have you seen
2: from them? Yeah, exactly that. You know, being down 21-3, to 3, I believe it was, at halftime uh, against Denver and being able to come back and win the game, um, just a, a bunch of guys that played, looked like they played well together, um, you know, a resilient group of guys. And uh, like I said, we're going to have to play extremely well to win. We're excited about the opportunity. Yeah, he seems like he's playing pretty confident. He's got really good arm strength. Um, You know, he can move around in the pocket. He can make plays with his legs sometimes. And uh, you know, he's gonna he's gonna throw the football. Um, And he trusts his playmakers to be able to go up and make plays. Um, He trusts his guys down the field with the speed that they have. So, uh, you know, it's uh, it's gonna be a fun game, and we're excited for the opportunity.
1: All right, short and sweet from Jordan Poyer today. Mm -hmm. Um, We just heard that from Connor McGovern. Now we here we hear it from Jordan Poyer also that. This Washington crew is a pretty resilient group. I mean, McGovern's talking about how they maintain the same work rate and level of intensity no matter what the score is on the board and basically heard the same thing from Jordan. And proof of that is how they have come back in both of their first two games to post victories. They were down big against
0: Denver. You heard it from Jordan, down 21-3. to Right. They were down big time and hung in there. I mean, it was – Chipped away at it. Right. It was zero seven. 7 It was 3-7, to 3-14, to 3-21. I mean, they, they gave up three quick touchdowns there, and then they came back and walked them down, beat them 35-24. Beat them by 11.
1: 35-33
0: last 35, week, right? Oh, are you on, looking at the on. first game? I'm looking at the first. I'm sorry. They had two down here that I didn't see. 35-33. Yeah. Yeah. So, they got up by 11 at one point after trailing by 18 on. and then hung on to win it. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah, on the road, no less. They were in Denver
1: last week, so yeah, yeah they're probably uh, eager to be back home. And if the Bills are fortunate enough to get up on them, don't turn the TV off like Thurman did this week in the third quarter. <laughs> don't go start play the with your grandkids. grandkids. Yeah, uh, you may want to stay with it till the end because Washington has demonstrated comeback ability each of the first two weeks. So yeah. just something to be mindful of, knowing they're not going to lay down even if the scoreboard says they should. So worth noting. Good stuff. Uh, not that the Bills would be any different uh, if they were put in that scenario. So, yeah, I'm. I think your third down assessment is astute. You know, you got a, a Bills offense that knows how to convert, and you got a Washington defense that knows how to get off the field. And I'm. I think. I mean, that is, it's a third down is a money down every week. But I think it's emphasized wow. even more this week in light of how proficient yeah. those two
0: sides of the ball are for these two teams. Yeah, like we said, number one third-down team last year against the number one third-down defense last year. It's We'll see. That may be what, what wins it or loses it for either, either side. Yeah. So more to
1: dice up on this game as we go through the week. Tomorrow's show, we will obviously have ESPN NFL analyst Field Yates with the ultimate fantasy lineup. More post-practice sound as well, fresh off the practice field. So uh, be sure to join us tomorrow when we'll have plenty more in store for you on this Bills-Commanders matchup. We'll catch you tomorrow at 1 p.m.